Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Jumps Out of podcast, the round 14, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain. Joining me is man who has been fired as Bailey Smith's chaperone. This is Adam Rosenbach. Uh, g'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. Yes, once again, I've let I've let everyone down. And I go in, I've got to say, Michael, I go in with the best of intentions. So, obviously, the Western Bulldogs, uh, they had a shattering loss in the grand final over in Optus Stadium last year. Everyone saw it. They were 19 points up at one stage during the third quarter. And then it fell apart. The wheels came off and we all... We all Ball bared, bared, bearing witness to that, and it was horrific. And the players, rightfully, were upset mm. after the Obviously. game. You get that. Because they didn't get to do that little clubby song at the end. And even worse, Melbourne mocked their celebration dance. And so the players... <laughs> They weren't in good spaces. And so Bailey Smith particularly, who has spoken about, you know, his mental health issues before, and he said that he was not feeling great about where he was in life, not just in football, but in life. Mm. And so the Western Bulldogs came to me and they said, Rosie, Rosie, champ, mate, chief, we need you to sneak over here. Uh, We've got you some uh, papers. If you go through Darwin and then come down through to Perth, we'll Uh get you in. And we want you to look after Bailey Smith because we're a little bit worried about him. I said, mate, I got your back. Don't stress. I have got you covered. Like I've I've dealt with mental health issues during my life. I know how to take care of this kind of stuff. And they said his anxiety is bad. I said, mate, I've had anxiety. I know what it's like. I've performed sometimes in front of 35 people. Like I understand the yeah, pressure. On the big stage. On yeah, the big stage. I, I understand what Bailey Smith is going through. You know, we're, we're, we're kindred spirits. And so... They said, just look after him. And I said, Dr. Zimmerman, please, if you don't mind, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, I know you're the Footscray doctor, but I think I know what I'm doing. Right? So I said, the best thing for Bailey, you want to feel good, you come see Rosie, right? So the first thing I said, let's get to the Gold Coast. Let's get out of Perth. Nothing good ever happens in Perth, mate. The only place that you need to be, Bailey, is to be on the Goldie because that... Yep is where people go to calm the fuck down and relax and just to just to chill out, basically. For sure, for sure. Get away from the hustle and bustle of city life. Exactly. And, and you know, he said, um, Bailey said to me, look, I'm, I've been taking this medication for that. And I said, mate, give me a look at that. I read it. I said, what, one, twice a day? What the fuck is that? I said, what do you need, my friend? This is, and these are things that are like, you know, five, ten milligrams. I said, what you need is a whole gram of stuff. <laughs> It comes in a powder form and you get it in a little bag. And the best way, and you know how, you know how sometimes, and this is where we got ourselves into trouble. So, you know, say how sometimes when you've got to take uh, pills every day and sometimes you'd be like, fuck, did I take that today? I can't remember it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said to Bailey, best thing for you to do is when you when I give you the stuff is to make sure that you film yourself with you have the a bag. record. Yeah, exactly. It's documented. <laughs> have it on record. And also if you can get someone else to film you while you're taking it. That way you can helpful. look yeah, yeah, you can look back at it and go, that's right. I did have did I have the whole gram? Did I have half a gram? You know, you can look back at the video two days later when you come out of your bender and you're like, oh, I did. That's why I'm feeling a little bit sad today, but fuck, I felt good at the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I always find it very handy, like, to make sure, even if I take, like, a Panadol or two, yeah. like, you know, because, yeah. you know, obviously you don't want to overload on the paracetamol. No, no, um, no. If I take a Panadol or two, um, I, um, I immediately, like, have it automatically in my phone that, film myself doing it and yeah. it automatically sends to 25,000 people um, via social media. It's a smart way to do it. And that way you've got people <laughs> reminding you that go, hey, Michael, yeah. you took those two Panadol with the Mitsubishi stamps in them. How are you feeling? <laughs> and you're like, I tell you what, headaches, guy. I'm fucking flying. I'm feeling really good. And well, I mean, I, 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 I applaud your hard work. Thank you. Um, near the end of you know, September last year to yeah. you know, try and help, just try to help out. A newfound friend, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, we, I, I also, I thought, well, you know, I'm feeling a little bit anxious as well. So I partook uh, at the same time. I had my own little. Yeah, gram. It, it would, yeah, it'd be a stressful job for you. So you need to, you know, like, yeah. you know, look after yourself as well. And that's, that's what I, that's what I say to you often, actually. You're mm. so, uh, so good at looking after other people. Sometimes yeah. you neglect yourself, you know, yeah. and, you know, you're always giving them the pills. You're giving them the pills. <laughs> like, it's like, you deserve, you yeah. deserve a little something for yourself. Yeah. Stop and stop and smell the cocaine for yourself, Rosie. That's what you're always doing to me. <laughs> Take a moment and have some for yourself. And so we both partook in it. We stayed up all night talking about all things cotton on. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. And then, yeah. of course, six months later, some fucking idiot has to put it out there and all of a sudden yeah. he's gone the headbutt. He realises it's going to come out. It makes him feel worse. And all we were trying to do was look after Bailey Smith. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about quickly about how um, I reckon he handled it very, very well. Actually, probably better than anyone has ever done anyone, so. I reckon, yeah. 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 Came out, made his point, didn't hide from it. I think also, I don't know, I'm trying to think, does it help that everyone likes him? Like, you kind of go... Like who doesn't like Bailey Smith? Um, apart from apart from hairdressers who don't get to touch those locks, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> but he's kind of this lovable, and and I put it in perspective by the fact that I'm talking to my nieces the other day, um, and they're like all over him in terms of like you know, and they're they're what eleven, thirteen. Yeah, right. So, like, he's, so he's big on like, TikTok and stuff, is he? Yeah, yeah, r- right across it kind of thing kind of yeah. actually kind of you know, concerned for him and you know like there was actually like a bit of a like a, a hot teen issue oh well that, that sounds bad <laughs> <laughs> you're always involving yourself in hot teen issues but yeah <laughs> it was an issue for them you know like um in terms of like they were across all the stories which you know they're not normally across that in the um the world of football and i guess too he'd also front-footed it a long time ago and said hey i deal with these issues on a daily basis sometimes you know and the one thing that got me in his interview he kept saying you know i am in such a dark place that i haven't even brushed my teeth for two days and i reckon at that point the reporters just moved back a couple of steps and just going okay that's 
thanks for the heads up. I do appreciate it. But, you know, he's been open and honest about it. So when he comes out this time, you go, okay, we know that he's got these issues and he's told us about it. And so everyone's just kind of like, yeah, he's done, he's just been open about it. And, you know, I feel, you know, I feel for the, um, the black ops, the integrity unit, they, because this yeah. is where they go fucking yeah. crazy, you know, they look at yeah. fucking Shane Mumford and so, they're like, oh, how much was there? What was he doing? That looked illegal. Where he's just gone, I took cocaine and I'm pretty, pretty anxious. And they're like, oh, well, yeah. well there's yeah, our nothing fucking. Here. Yeah, we keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Well, let's go, let's go hang out with fucking Stephen May and Jake Melksham for a bit, you know? Yeah, let's get the uh, CCTV of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you go, let's rewind a little bit. When you talk about him not cleaning his teeth for two days, I think mm. a lot of people kind of reading that or hearing that, they would have been like, oh, is that bad? Like, I, th- I feel like not what, not cleaning your teeth for two days is like something that a lot of people do. Now, see, I, yeah, I, I don't understand. I'm the other end. I'm like a, a brush three times a day type person. So for two days, yeah, sure. that fuzziness, I think, would get to me. And and yeah, I'd be very right. conscious of people around me because I don't know whether you notice, like occasionally, you know, when you'd have a mask on and you'd be like, oh, boy, that, uh, that had some garlic in it. You know, you're just very <laughs> conscious of your own yeah, breath. Yeah. No, for sure. And nobody will tell you that you have bad breath. So that's why I'm very conscious of it as well by the fact that I, I know people who kind of generally do. I've never told them. And so I'm like, okay, I'm a big teeth cleaner. I'm a big flosser, man, too. Carry the oh, floss yeah. in the bag. Got to have the floss handy. I can't handle having food in my teeth. And so you got the floss. I'm actually out of floss. Like I found out yesterday, I've, I've run yeah. out. And I'm looking around my bag. My bag has everything. Like, I've got my paracetamol. I've got my, got my, got my, my Telfast. got my, yeah. got my everything. I've got my Band-Aids. Got Valium, it's massive. Yeah. I've got everything in there. And, yeah. uh, and you got your Rexone yeah, in black because you're 16. <laughs> <laughs> out of the floss and now i'm like i was like anxious i was like oh i just had lunch and i was like oh i got to ruin my teeth can't handle it people don't floss people don't floss i, I find disgusting. that remarkable yeah. remarkable people can look their dentist in the eye through those goggles to their tinted goggles and go yeah 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 i, I, I floss i floss all the time yeah, and the yeah. dentist is there you go you know is there is there a job that gets lied to as much as a dentist like who at night must just go home and go why do fuckheads lie to me? I, I know that they're not doing that. I actually reckon probably you're right. Dentists and uh, judged, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like imagine putting them on the, the same pedestal. <laughs> like the, uh, they're, the, they're the black ops of, of yeah. normal life. Yeah. Um, but isn't that like a huge uh, suicide rate among dentists? Like and that's part of the reason because everybody is so vocal about how much they don't want to be there and, is that um, right? So they feel they feel self conscious when they like people coming in. They're like, "How are you?" Like, I don't uh, don't ask me that question. I hate you. Oh, I don't want to be here. You're going to charge too much. You're going to rip yeah. me off. You're going to make you maybe feel pain. Yeah. And um, and, and fuck you if you do a bad job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Google <laughs> reviews are ready to go. So who out there is fucking an eighteen year old finishing year twelve going? Sheesh, what career should I pursue? <laughs> hmm. Should I be? And you're obviously a smart cookie. You know, yeah. should I PO, put my brain to use in mm. some form? Or should I have a job where I'm hacking at teeth while people and, and 99.95% of society despise me? Well, so also, too, you, you can't even build up a rapport with the person that you're talking to because you've got fucking your you hands in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, um, Okay. Well, uh, oh, by the way, sorry. We apologise. We um, uh, we're I'm a bit shitty quality because my recorder uh seems to be playing up. So 
uh, Adam and I aren't actually in the same room. Um, and so uh, we're doing it by the powers of technology. So apologies, we're recording this on Zoom. So that might have a bit of the internet-y kind of sound to it. But, um, but you still get the quality of life. Oh, the, 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 the comedy doesn't I mean, drop. I mean, the, the, the tech may not be yeah, top notch, but the laughs yeah. are still. Yeah. The, the laughs are still 128 uh, megabytes per second. I mean, they just keep coming at you. Hey, the fight, Luke. Uh, I, I, I meant to say, um, mate, uh, the fight the uh, between May and. Who's that one? I forgot. Jake Melksham. How quickly we move on in this game. Jake Melksham, oh, Stephen May. I just kind of have. In a way, we kind of have moved on very quickly. We apologise as well because we're recording on the Wednesday, which is a bit late. We um, there've been flat chat, so we can only do on the Wednesday today. But we'll uh, we'll fix these uh, scheduling problems shortly. But um, now the, the initial idea was to the sledge that it was we would have lost by ten goals or whatever if you played in the grand final. Now he didn't play in the grand final; he was in emergency. But now yeah. I think so. Hang on, hang on. let's let's up. take a step back. You're paying too much knowledge in case anyone doesn't know the story. Uh, the Melbourne players were at a dinner at Entrecote, which is a uh, lovely French restaurant in the suburb of Paran. Have you been there? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't go south. I don't go south of the border. Uh, I don't really go. I don't cross that river very often. So no. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. I'm a north side boy, man. You know, we got we got we don't do French up in the north. We just do like burgers and kombucha and kombucha burgers, you know, just, just shit like that. You know? <laughs> we don't fuck around down the French end. French is so, yes. so fattening, Michael. Yeah. yeah, this this is crazy ethnic yeah. food. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, steak with a sauce on it. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah you had it in real life. Yeah. So the Melbourne players were at a dinner and then, the, of course, the rumour was that uh, Stephen May, who apparently after a couple of props, loves to get very chirpy. Gets a bit mouthy, yeah. That's this really is this is maybe the third time he might have been in an altercation with the teammate. He got him one with Campbell Brown in Los Angeles, where Campbell Brown gave him a little bit of a clip, and then he got mouthy at the dinner. Said to initially, it was reported said to Jake Melcham, "If you had played in the grand final team, we would have lost." Yep. And then it came out that he was actually saying to another player. Um, Oh, whose name escapes me at the moment. He said to that player, um, you know, you're just in the twos, we're in the ones, don't fucking talk to us. Or something something horrific like that. Like amongst teammates, you just don't kind of say that sort of shit. A bit weird, hey? Yeah. So Gorney came out and said that the grand final sledge wasn't true, but they said that generally Steve was just being kind of mouthy to the whole group. Yes. It's like, he's kind of get, he's like he actually is the villain of the whole thing by the fact he's the one who got suspended. Um, and he kind of started it, but I kind of applaud. Uh, what's his name again? Jake Melksham. <laughs> I can't believe I'm forgetting. Melksham um, gave him one uh, by yeah. the fact that it's like it's, it seemed like he was like hitting the entire group. Um, and I think from memory, there's about six or seven of them there. Yes, and it could have been like a, a seniority thing where it's like you know I'm the best player at the table, therefore I get to say whatever I want, and people yeah. feel a bit weird about you know coming back at him. But it's like yeah, fucking cop it in the fucking mouth, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like and and being Melbourne, like he got really personal. Like he said to Jake Melksham that his <laughs> his negatively geared investment property was terrible, and Melksham was like, oh, that, oh, oh. that is that is full on. I mean, that's yeah. what you don't. Because I mean, he's come from a culture of the Gold Coast, where yeah, you know, probably like you know, 
you know, it's a different kind of insult. Like you'd be like, oh, you know, you don't ever get half price at the shooting range. It's yeah. a paradise shopping centre, like stuff yeah. like that. I bet you the only cinema that you go to is in 3D, not 4D. And you'd be like, oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, it. Sure. Can't all go there. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, you're you're so shit. It's like you designed the aquilip at Wet n Wild. Like that kind of stuff is, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like, yeah, you, you trade that player. They're not good for the culture. I think that's why you moved on, yeah. But can you imagine... <laughs> A, have you ever seen a punch on at a restaurant? Now I've seen I've seen fights at pubs and nightclubs and stuff like that, yeah. and they're usually just push and shove scuffles. I haven't seen like a full on, you know, all in punch on. But at a restaurant, you're at a French restaurant, and all of a sudden, it just kicks off, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And didn't they break the uh, like the reception counter? Or like- I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And they went outside as well. Yeah, it kept going. It's like, like usually the only kind of dust up you have with that if you're at Entreco is when you're King Louis the Fourteenth Boulets, Boulets come out late. Then, then, and only then are you allowed to kick off. That makes sense. Everyone's on board with that. If your S car goes a la Bougeon, are they really going all right with the menu here? They've got the French name. Good on you. Well, so that should be Michael. If you can't speak French on that side of the Yarra, then maybe you need to move north side. You know. Um, the only time I've seen, um, uh, I've seen fights in comedy clubs. Have you? I've seen, I've seen two fights in one particular comedy club, but like we're actually not, not, not small, and I just found it remarkable the idea that people like going, <laughs> and then like it by you know half an hour later are punching on. Okay, incredible. Like uh, angry about something that the comedian had said or angry amongst themselves? No, no, just just, just fighting. I don't, actually, I don't know the scenario. Like are they people who knew each other or people who didn't know each other but had nothing to do with comedy? Yeah, yeah. it's just people punching on. Or it's maybe it's someone like wrong. if they're watching your stand-up and they're going, well, he shouldn't make fun about a Harold Holt pool because Harold Holt drowned. And then someone said, no, but that's the joke, you idiot. And then they would have punched on. No, no, but, but I mean, a bit like if they're watching your comedy and they're oh, yeah. punching on with other people, they'd be punching themselves in the head. Yeah, right. To to stop. Yeah. I've never seen a man <laughs> choke himself out before. <laughs> Why'd that guy smash a beer bottle over his own head? Yes. Well, I want it to end. I want it to end. Is, is King Louis XIV your favourite French king? Just, I know this is a slight sidebar. Sorry, French, French king question without notice. Is Louis the Fourteenth the final one? No, I think there was like fifteenth uh, and sixteenth after him. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I think I think if Louis the Fourteenth, ah, uh, here we go, Louis the Fourteenth, just very quickly, because I think there's the Louis the Fourteenth cognac as well, which I think oh, is like okay. about two two grand for a bottle, yeah. like quite expensive. I remember my dad saying to me years and years ago, I'd buy him one when he retires. So maybe I'll do that. As a good son, I'll go and buy a bottle. Yeah. Because there's, I think, an episode of Gary Shandling. Uh, what's it? Larry Sanders show. And he gets given a bottle as a gift and he has yeah. a bad day and basically drinks the whole thing in a night. <laughs> if you want to know uh, what oh, Louis XIV looks like, uh, just the pictures that you pop up when you Google him, he looks like he would have been the drummer in an 80s metal band, perhaps a Christian yeah. man, maybe even Striper. But that's the kind of big hair kind of shit going on. Known as the Sun King, uh, reigned over a period of unprecedented prosperity in which France became a dominant power and leader in arts and sciences. 
Mate, his reign uh, was 72 years. He's fucking stuck around. I uh, gotcha. So he was, was he one of the kitty, the kitty kings? Yeah. So he was like, the, he's like the Kevin Sheedy of his day. Like he just fucking would refuse to abdicate. Um, he, 72 years, died at just, uh, yeah, so he was king at about four years old, yeah. And then uh, he was overtaken by King Matthew Knights, who did a really shit job straight after yeah. him and, and left France in diabolical trouble for years afterwards. Well, there was Matthew Knights, King Matthew Knights, and then, of course, there was the next king, King Heard, and um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously familiar with the French. Yeah, <laughs> French, uh, the French well. Obviously, coach yeah. coach Poodle for a long time, but they actually made him give that up because you can't. You got to be. You got to be king in your own right. You can't be coaching. Yeah. Coaching, you know, it's not a good look to be. You know, coaching the Paris Poodles. Yes. Um, and obviously. Uh, well, his problem was he'd never been an assistant king, so he came in mm, and he just mm. didn't know the ropes. Yeah, and he got. He, he was a bit too big for his. You know, he kind of a bit too confident, I would say, which is not yeah. uncommon in, in in the kingdom. Yeah, that's uh, true. Come in, you know, get yeah. big-headed, you know, think they they, they can do it. You know, anyway, it was led to the downfall and the revolution. Yeah. And we ended up um, with uh, John Westfold, who was, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, a caretaker, just a caretaker king to get him through the rough patches. Hey, Ella, why don't we quickly talk about the uh, Eston 150? Did you watch a bit of the stuff on the other day? They had Sheets come out. They had Briggs. They had, um, well, he, he wasn't like, you know, a player honoured. Uh, Heard he came out. Matthew Lloyd, was that probably the first time he'd been back in front of an Essendon crowd? Yes, um, it was. For a while. And sort of he was one, he was kind of the last one they brought out. So they, you know, brought out all the kind of champions over the years, you know, some older players, some of the, you know, more recent ones who played in the 2000 Premiership. And yep. Hurdy was kind of the one where they're like, oh, let's, let's, let's build it up and then let's see how it goes. And the Essendon faithful responded with, you know, um, they were wrapped. They weren't fucking crazy for him it was very you yeah. know it's a weird thing you'd, you'd wonder whether Essendon fans and I don't want to go down the conspiracy theory side of it but there must be some yeah, that why, go, why not like that's, that's isn't that the point of our podcast like <laughs> we go down the but are there any Essendon want? fans who go no fuck Hurdy fucked our club uh, I reckon there would be a percentage. I reckon there'd be a bunch of people out there still who don't buy a membership or have actually lost interest in footy through what happened. Yep. Um, I think you can get into lots of, you know, he said, she said, yeah. Demetrio said. But when, and we'll never, it's, it, it's just an interesting, interesting story by the fact that, you know, these people never tested positive yet were still suspended. So it's like always got a little bit of a... A little bit of a question mark hanging over its head. A little bit like Adam. I don't know um, if you've been following this. The twenty twenty uh, US presidential election. Like we'll never quite know True. who won that yeah, election. That's a good one uh, because there's a lot of stuff I've been hearing about. Um, you know, votes being uh, yeah. tampered with, uh, Dominion machines. Um, yeah. Going back to Venezuela well, and Hugo Chavez. Look, I think when the Essendon supporters rushed AFL House and, yeah. you know, you know that, that, oh, I thought that was too far. You know, when they said, when they when heard it was like, get down there and let's take back these suspensions. Yep. yep. Oh, I don't think that yep. it just wasn't a good look for them. Yep, sure. I mean, I, I think we all kind of shuddered when we saw the footage of Essendon fans looking through the offices of AFL House at Marble Stadium shouting, um, Hang Andrew Demetrio. Hang <laughs> Andrew Demetrio. No, the not thing with good. the thing with that was is most of the other AFL clubs were like, yeah, 
hang <laughs> and they were showing up in weird costumes like obviously the insurrection had buffalo man and uh i mean at the uh at the insurrection at afl house weirdly it's not an essence supporter but cat man was yeah. there <laughs> it's hard for uh, us though. it is hard when and i you know having been a cult supporter who's gone through a lot of uh torture over the last couple of decades it's hard to celebrate a night when your team sucks because you have sort of a half hour of, you know, relived glory and you're like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like looking, you know what, you know what it's like? It's like when your phone pops up uh, memories of your photos and it has a lovely um, slideshow put to music of your hot ex-girlfriend that dumped yeah, your yeah. ass. And you just <laughs> sit there and be like, oh, they were better times. And so yeah, you've got oh, that oh. minute and a half of, you know, thinking back, oh, they were fun. And then it's back to reality. You, you, well, wow, I thought you had to hit it, go into an MM song. <laughs> but, but usually, I, I, from kind of my memory, like when a club has a birthday or they're celebrating, you know, some kind of achievement, they yeah. usually lose. Like, uh, yeah. maybe it's yeah. like a bit too built up for the players or something. But so you, they're playing Kelton, who, you know, I'll say they're it. Fine, mate. They're fine. I was actually looking at the origins of Essendon. It's 150 years old. So if they, they, Bombers' nickname would have had to have come in later by the fact they wouldn't have been planes. No, um, I wouldn't have thought so, so. Formed by the McCracken family in their Ascotvale home. Uh, the date, oh, actually, while the date is actually unknown, it's generally accepted to have been in 1872. So therefore, that whole celebration was a sham. No one actually knows what year they were actually formed take it back you know fucking hell i'd, I'd, I'd deregister the team from the afl their, their yeah. history is making a mockery yeah i mean was it 1868 was it 1874 what are we looking at here and i mean how long have they been fudging the truth for down at that fucking club <laughs> what are you hiding what are you hiding what are you yeah. got against 18, 1872 huh well went on back then and now you're just formed by family, like the McCrackens. Just yeah, that's a weird one. Like usually they you hear the stories like, you know, these things are kind of formed in pubs by, you know, gentlemen in hats. Now this family is just going, yeah, fuck, let's make a fucking footy team, hey? Yeah, hey, mate, what are you doing tomorrow? Nothing. Want to form a footy team? Fuck Wanna yeah. Want to form a footy team? Yeah, who let's are we going to play? Team. I don't know, Carlton, Geelong, anyone else? That's about it. They're not formed yet, mate. Go to Geelong, fuck, mate. That takes three weeks to get <laughs> But also, too, you formed it in Ascot Vale and then you moved, you called it Essendon. Was this some sort of fucking tax dodge from the McCrackens? Like, I want to know the McCracken history here. The McCrackens are suspect. Here's Robert McCracken, okay, mm. owner of several city hotels, was the founder. There we go. Well, mate, you've kind of you've founded it and then you've just made yourself the top job, okay? That's <laughs> good on you. That's, yeah. that's a low dog move. Oh, and it's nepotism too. His son was the first secretary. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and he also that. became president later. Oh, sheesh. Um, fucking McCracken's a dodgy as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and here we go. Alex's cousin. Oh, it's just the fucking McCracken family of giving each other jobs. Uh, they, there should have been the Essendon nepotisms. They played at Flemington Hill, um, which... Could be considered, which would be considered by modern standards to be a full size field. They played Melbourne the next year, so they're playing like a game a year. 
and then what eventually on oh, the VFA, they won won a few flags in the VFL, and then well, they actually won the first two flags in the um in the VFL. Yeah, okay. But not bad. I tell you what, if you're playing one game a year, though, you'd fucking like if you went undefeated. Imagine the reunions. You'd just be like, remember 1874? <laughs> yeah, dogs, didn't lose a game. Fucking well done, boys. What about the next year, mate? Fucking bad year. We lost lost every well the game and sacked the coach. It was a rebuild next year. I mean, yeah. All our it's a roller coaster for Essendon, uh, early Essendon supporters. Yeah, I mean the board meeting after you lose that one game of the year, oh, like mate. Be, imagine the review. That coach. Yeah, the review <laughs> all the way from uh, the McCrackens all the way down to the McCrackens. <laughs> you fucking rip them apart. <laughs> It'd be like from you know from the top all the way down to the uh, the fishmonger. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what though? Through, through all of this, I think what's been lost, even though you know Essendon celebrated their hundred and fiftieth and they went in with high hopes, I think what's been lost here is that they've let Mick Bolthouse down the most. Now, this is a man who said yeah. that he his preseason favourite for the flag yeah. was Essendon, and I think they owe, if anyone, forget the supporters, forget the coterie members, forget the people, the sponsors, whatever it is. The club, Mick Baltas should have been walked out during the 150 celebrations after Hurdy and gets a full... He should have been in the middle of that circle as all the players, past and present, apologise to him for not winning this thing. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, it's honest, isn't it? Because they've made Mick Malthouse look look old, dittering and foolish. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be better than that, Essendon. You've got to be better than that. Um, can I uh, talk about quickly uh, Josh Frydenberg? Oh, yeah, you'd love this. A little bit of speculation that he might be the next CEO of the AFL. I know. Can you believe that? So if people overseas, listeners, and like an interstate, oh, no, he's a federal politician, so you do know him, former treasurer of the country. Yes. <laughs> a high-profile role. Yeah. Um, and uh, lost his seat at the last election at the end of May. So now he's wandering around, wandering around, loosey-goosey, trying to think what the, yeah. what, you know, what the next step will be. And I think he's actually quite accepted by the corporate world. I don't think he's as polarising as like a ScoMo when he leaves. Like, you know, how do you actually no, find a job? No, there is that. But, but in, the, in the private sector, yes. But I imagine if he came into the AFL, I don't think he'd be exceptionally popular. I don't think so. I don't think that would be, and I think it's a bit of a. I, actually, I actually think for his own uh, help, don't do it. By the fact yeah, that you yeah. know, I mean, I'll put it this way: like I'm Neil Mitchell on Three AW. Um, he has certain people he interviews every week. Yeah, and those people are the Prime Minister, mm-hmm. the Premier of Victoria, and Gil. So it's like. A pretty high-profile job. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They talk about, you know, like the second most important job in Australia is the captain of the Australian cricket team. You know, I, I, mean? I imagine that um, you know, if he if he does take over the head of AFL, like uh, the Tasmanian team, you can guarantee that they will have no teal in the colour of their jumper. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's got to ban Port, Port Adelaide immediately. Yeah, yeah, he'd get them out. You know, um, I can see him like negatively gearing. You know, Marvel Stadium. They need, they need to, you know, they need to think outside the box as the AFL. You know. Yep, yep. He, um, it's, it, I, I mean, he actually is a Carlton fan. I, I think yes. he actually is a proper um, football fan. Well, he was um, the number one ticket holder for Carlton, I think, last year. Really? Gotcha. Okay, how quickly are they going to 
um, get that taken off him by the fact that, you know, he's not really relevant anymore. Yeah, I think it's already happened. I don't think he's current number one ticket holder. It's funny when you look through the number one ticket holder list, like uh, who, uh, how relevant they are or... Or, what, or they or they go two ways. They go like famous person or yes. community person. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's sort of no middle ground. I think St Kilda had like El McPherson at one stage, like back in the 90s. Wasn't Geelong's Daryl Summers for quite a while? Yeah, it was for a while. Yeah, I remember yeah. he was out in the field in the 2011 grand final. Was he? Players. Yeah, yeah, he was out there. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking of the other day. Remember the um, when the Swans won it in 05? And like Mike Willisy and a whole bunch of people were out on the ground. It was like almost like I love the nineties. Like, you know, it was kind of yeah, like yeah. you just kind of had a flashback to like, oh yeah, all those guys, like they bought the team. I think you can accept a number one ticket holder if you see them quite regularly at games. If they just swan in for like a big premiership, you're just like, oh fuck off. No one believes that. Yeah, sure. I think they had John Kennedy Senior's wife. Yep. At Hawthorne for a while. Think and I, I was very strong on that because I didn't, I, was, I didn't see her many games, and so I repeatedly, <laughs> yeah. I repeatedly wrote and called the club and said, "Hey, yeah, it's ninety-three-year-old woman there, all the time. Is she a supporter or not? not? She's I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm probably apologised for the campaign. Yeah, yeah, um, at the front of a house, but uh, <laughs> supporters in real life, hit me. From Brenton, NBA finals time right now, which reminded me of an in, uh, uh, in real life from last year. Suns had bounced Lakers out of the playoffs, and who do I see at Jerry's Milk Bar? But Scott and Jack's Pendlebury. Uh, tried to say hi, but Scott looked at my son's hat and wanted none of it. Fuck the Lakers, <laughs> go pies. Jerry's Milk Bar is a bit of a hipster kind of um, uh, hangout in, in Elwood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from M. Kentwell. Uh, oh, actually, we were talking about um, Ross Faulkner, who Ross Faulkner was last, yes. last week. Uh, a bit more, a little bit of information uh, from M. Kentwell. Uh, Faulkner's granddaughter, uh, possibly great-great-great-granddaughter, went to JCU in Townsville and was mates with my daughter, uh, also there to study. As far as my daughter... In brackets, you remember the one Coonsby mentioned as having the cat called Poppy is aware. The family is still family, the business is still family owned and run. Well, that's good. It's still in the family. Because we were trying to work out who owns the Russell Faulkner kind of factory in the yeah. company. And, uh, and, and so got a bit of information there. The family is still involved. I mean, probably the McCracken fucking family. <laughs> they got it fucking hooks like, in it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. How we can, yeah. you know, palm it off to a cousin or an uncle. Yeah. Uh, from Jonathan, I play basketball in the summer in a social men's Wednesday night Division 6 competition in Geelong uh, for my team, the Christmas Day Angels. <laughs> so obviously I'm doing very well for myself. Indeed. I turned up to the start of my season after six months off. And to my surprise, I find former Melbourne coach Mark Neal taking my $10 match fee from the cat from before the game at the front desk. Oh, there you go. He was wearing a blue polo that you'd see the people at the front desk of your local gym wearing. He is there every week without fail, but I'm yet to see him crack a smile. Too many memories, man. I believe he is now, <laughs> now the manager of basketball Geelong. 
I do hope he's finding more success in this role than his previous ones. The games are, well, are all well managed and run smoothly, but I do wonder if basketball Geelong were to knife Mark Neal and bring in a poor reason <laughs> plan that they too can see the heights that Melbourne and Nile enjoy <laughs> in a matter of a few short years. Fuck, man. Okay. I mean, I mean, we love and respect Mark Neal and we yeah. have never said a bad word about him in our time on this podcast. But no. also, to go from a gay senior coach of a, of a team... <laughs> Yeah. But imagine yeah. too, like when you rocked up and it's a ten dollar match fee and you've got like a hundred dollar note and you just see the tick come back and you'll be like, oh fuck, calling over and over. Guys, guys, it's gonna happen. He's gonna He's explode. Yeah. He's like, I haven't got ninety dollars in this show. I'm gonna fucking get fired. I'm gonna be going to have to fucking run impossible shit and bullshit. Uh, from Ellery, uh, Swans, uh, Callan Sinclair spotted outside the University of Technology Sydney lower uh, tower building, uh, looking dapper in a blue suit with a folder under his arm. No idea what he was doing there, but it looked like he was wheeling and dealing in some sort of business partnership capacity. I like it. So UTS, yeah, if, uh, they probably have a couple of different campuses, but they have a campus uh, near Central Station. Uh, right oh, okay. Yeah. And what, why would you be dressed up to go to uni? Like, what would you put that down to? Well, there's a, also a, um, uh, a local courthouse nearby. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Steve, a bit delayed, but I have an international footballer in real life for you. I like this. During the 2013-14 off-season, and we actually encourage these junk timers out there. Like, you know, we have no... Oh, no. Uh, there's no boundaries. No. All he requests is like, don't tweet it at us at the occasion when people are in that shop or yes. you are actually currently seeing them. Yeah. So the people don't, you know, have not, we're not stalking people. Um, we're during the 2013 14 off season, right at the end of the Santa Monica Pier, I spotted a bunch of North Melbourne players hanging out and decked out in team apparel. Wait, ah, a bit keen. Bit weird, yeah. Want to be recognized? Wankers. I uh, recall Drew Petrie and Liam Anthony were part of the group. Uh, but I didn't recognise many of the others, unsurprisingly. Not sure what they were doing there, but they look right at home, even over the other side of the world, probably because no one gives a shit about the kangaroos over there. <laughs> like, no one gives a shit about them here. Uh, that's out of line. That is yeah, out that's, of line. that's uncalled for, Steve. Let me just have a look about 2013, how North Melbourne went that year. So they were... Well, I reckon they were uh, at least a second semi, or a, sorry, a semi or a prelim, because they had a run of... Three or four, I reckon they might have lost. Uh, or they beat Essendon in elimination final in one of those years, I reckon. If I remember correctly, they were about to make two prelims in a row in 2014 yeah. and 15, but they didn't make the finals. They finished 10th on okay. 10 wins. Oh, actually, I mean, yeah. Oh, that, I'm just looking at it now. That's the uh, year that the Bombers actually got booted out of the finals because oh, you guys. There you go. Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, we are going to hit the road. We are John Kamal for part of Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Ram. You go. You go blue.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.